Welcome everybody to week one of our brand new series on relationships called How to Be Human and Not Suck at Relationships and Not Be a Jerk and Not Die Alone. Man, I love that title. Might be my favorite title, one of my favorites of all time. And, I, and I, we've done a lot of series, so that's saying a lot. But yeah, this is a series on relationships. Now, I know when I say that, almost immediately, you start thinking, a lot of people start thinking of romantic relationships, like dating and marriage. And so it, it applies to that, but I want you to think bigger. I want you to think much bigger and much broader. So yes, this is a series on relationships. And it does include dating relationships and marriage relationships, but it's so much bigger than that. I want you to think about child-parent relationships. And then family relationships, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents, grandchildren, yeah, even extended family. Yeah, think broader. I want you to think about your neighbors. I want you to think about those crazy people you work with, all those people down at the office. I want you to think about all of the relationships you have with all your friends, your really close friends, your peripheral, on the edge kind of friends, and then... I want you to think about relationships even with your enemies, people that you don't get along with. and You're kind of forced in the same spaces and places with them, and you guys kind of tolerate each other's existence. I want you to think about your relationships even with your enemies, and, and might as well take it all the way to just complete strangers. Yeah, this is a series about all of those relationships. And what we're gonna do over the next few weeks is we're gonna, starting today, we're gonna talk about some principles, some timeless principles and truths that apply to every single relationship in your life, any relationship in your life. And so you just kind of broad stroke this whole thing and thinking about, yeah, yeah, family and friends and at work and at home and in your neighborhood, all of those relationships, any of those relationships, that's what we're going to be talking about. So it applies to all of us. So we all have a seat at the table here as something that we believe we desperately need to talk about. And so I want to begin by asking you right up front to think about something that maybe you've never thought about before that I believe unfortunately is true for all of us from time to time and it, and it may resonate with you immediately and some of you may have to think a little bit but let's begin with this have you ever noticed how we tend to separate our relationship with God with our relationship with other people maybe you've never thought about it and maybe you've never noticed that you have a tendency to do this but if you're a human being like I am and like all of us are if you're not careful we can find ourselves separating our relationship with God my relationship with other people and our relationship with other people regardless of who they are from our relationship with God with the divine it's it's like we compartmentalize it and we begin to treat as if they're unrelated that you know I've got this thing going on with God and it's not really you know connected to or has anything to do with what I got going on with other people or what I got going on with other people, you know, in my marriage or my friendships or, or relationships at work, you know, that's that. And, it, and, you know, that's separate than what I, my relationship with God and on Sunday or on Thursday or when I'm around my, you know, Christian friends. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like 
this. I hear people say this. Well, you know what? At least me and God are good. At least me and God are on the same page. You know, that's the main thing, right? Isn't that the main thing, Pastor? And by the way, that's just, just between me and God. That's just between me and the man upstairs. Or that's just between me and the big guy. That's just between me and Jesus. It, it you know, has nothing to do with anybody else. On the flip side, we, we say things like, well, no, 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 that's just between me and them. That's got nothing to do with God. That's just, you know, I just kind of keep God out of it, right? I try not to bring God into my work relationships. I try to keep my work relationships separate from my family relationships and from my church relationships. Or, you know what, that's my family, and I don't bring God into it, uh, and I don't think really God has anything to do with it. And I just kind of keep those things separate. Yeah, we all have a tendency to do that. And when we do that, it's so misguided. And I think we're missing something. We're missing something that we desperately need to understand and wrestle with. And so to get us there, I want to ask you to do something for me. I want to ask you to think about the most challenging relationship in your life right now. And I know you got relationships with lots of different people, and we talked about that these principles apply to all those relationships, and that is absolutely true. But for right now, let's begin with you just thinking about that most challenging relationship in your life. Or maybe you could look at it like this. The most challenging situation you find yourself in in relationships with a person or those people. The most challenging moment you find yourself in. Again, applies to everything and everyone, but let's begin by thinking about that person that, oh man, it's just such hard work to relate to them. It's exhausting to relate to them, to be in a relationship with them. You're like, what if it's more than one? I get it, yep, and it probably is more than one. We probably have a, a lot of people in our lives that can be challenging to relate to. But there probably is a specific person, a specific someone in your life right now that when you see their name come up on your phone, or you pass them in the hall, or you see that they're getting out of their car the same time you're getting out of your car, and you got to walk in together and kind of make up some kind of small talk, you get this like feeling in your you know, chest or in your gut and your throat, and you're just like, oh, I just kind of tolerate these moments. I want you to think about them and know this. Your relationship with whoever that is, and you can fill in the blank with whoever you want to fill in the blank with, but let's start with that most challenging relationship. Might be in your family, might be a friend, whoever, you know, you know. Your relationship with them is never just about you and them. Never. It is never just about the two of you, or that moment, or that awkward situation. No, there is an unavoidable connection. An undeniable connection between the horizontal dynamic of the two of you in your relationship, whether it's good or bad, an undeniable connection between the horizontal dynamic between the two of you and the vertical dynamic with you and God and them and God. It doesn't just go this way. It goes this way and this way. And it doesn't just go this way. It's not just between you and God. It goes this way and this way. There is an unavoidable, undeniable connection. Another way to say it is that all things relational are also spiritual too. Yeah, and it's true for all of us, but especially, 
If you're a follower of Jesus, especially if you are someone who claims to trust and follow Jesus, this is so huge for us. Maybe you're real quick to identify yourself as a Christian. Maybe you're really quick to say, yeah, I love God, and, and I love people, and I love everybody. You know, Maybe you're real quick to go there, but that's great. That's wonderful, but understand what you're saying. Understand what you're obligating yourself is then to pay very close attention. It's true for everybody in the world, whether they're Christians or not. There is a spiritual dynamic to all relationships. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you really have to pay attention to this. Because as a follower of Jesus, you are publicly obligating yourself to get this right. People issues are spiritual issues, always. And God is involved in your relationship with them, whether or not you decide to bring God into it. You see, your relationship with them, whoever it is, it's never just about you and them. God is involved in your work relationships. Even if you try to keep that, you know, draw that line, keep that boundary, you know, I don't talk about Jesus here, I don't talk about God. They, you know, I just kind of keep that on the down low, you know. I got my friends at church, I got my friends in my small group, and then I got, you know, my family. You know, I try to keep all that. No, no, God is involved whether you have decided to bring him into it or not. In fact, I want to take it one step further. I want, to, I want to go just a little bit deeper into that and talk about just how personal this gets between you and them and God, and God and them and you and all of you together. Because we can say it like this. God takes your relationships with, okay, that's that person, whoever it is. You fill in the blank with whoever you want to fill in the blank with. God takes your relationship with them personally. God takes it personally. God doesn't just take your relationships with other people seriously. It's personal to him. You say, well, why? How is that possible? Why? Because think of it like this. Whoever the them is, whoever it is you put in that blank, before they are your whatever, your spouse, your child, your parent, your friend, your coworker, before they are your family member, before they are your enemy, before they are whatever, they are to you. They are first and foremost a creation of God, created in His image. Someone that God loves just as much as He loves you. Someone that He gave Jesus for just like He did you, and that Jesus gave His life for just like Jesus gave His life for you. That's who they are to God. So before they are anything to you, that's who they are to God. So that's why God takes it personally. That's why it's true that how we treat each other is always a spiritual matter, and especially if you're a follower of Jesus. We know this. We know this as human beings, right? I mean, let's take, take me for example, and I think you could relate to this. As a father, and especially as a grandfather, how you treat my children, and especially my grandchildren, right? you know what I'm saying? has a lot to do with what kind of relationship you and me are going to have. If you're good to my girls, I have two daughters. If you're good to my girls, and especially if you're good to my grandsons, sorry girls, I mean, it even gets, you know, ramps up even more with the, with the grandsons. If you're good to them, me and you are probably going to get along great. But if you mistreat my children, and especially if you mistreat my grandchildren, you and I probably ain't going to lunch just to shoot the breeze and get, you know, just be all chummy. You and I are going to have a strained relationship if you mistreat my children. 
Now, you take that dynamic that I have, and I know if you're a parent, grandparent, those that are close to you, you feel the same way. I mean, we're human beings. Imagine how God must feel. The same is true for him. God takes it personally. How we treat each other is a spiritual issue. It's never just about you and them. No, no, God says this is serious. I want to I illustrate this because all throughout the New Testament, we see this. And, and all throughout Jesus' teaching, uh, this is kind of like peppered throughout. It's just here and there. And if you, if you look at it all together, you're like, man, Jesus talked about this kind of stuff a lot. Let me give you a couple of examples. This undeniable connection, I mean, un unavoidable connection between your relationship with each other and the other people in your relationship with God and why God takes it so seriously and personally. Let's start with Jesus' most famous sermon. And we've talked about the Sermon on the Mount before. Matter of fact, we've did some series where we talked a lot about it in the past year. But if you just look at Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, just in that sermon alone, there's at least two examples and two instances where Jesus talks about this undeniable connection, this undeniable dynamic, and how God takes it so personally. And it's never just about you and them always involves God. It's spiritual. The first instance is when Jesus was um, talking about what happens when you want to come to church and worship God, but you have unresolved stuff between you and other people. This is what he said. Jesus says, if you enter your place of worship, in other words, if you go to church and you're about to make an offering, and for them in the first century, you know, about to make a sacrifice because that's what they did at the temple, or for us, you kind of make the correlation, we don't have to make sacrifices because Jesus ended all that. Aren't we glad, right? But if you and I come to church and we're here to worship, that's the thing. We're here to worship and connect with God. And if you're in that situation and you suddenly remember that there's a grudge a friend has against you, or there's an issue between you and someone else, and there's unresolved stuff, there's unresolved junk and gunk between you and them, you remember, okay, that, yeah, there is that thing. But I'm here to worship Jesus. I'm here to, yeah, okay. That's you. Watch what he says. Jesus said, abandon your offering, leave immediately, and go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. <laughs> what? I mean, can you imagine? You can imagine us taking this very literally. And there's no reason why we shouldn't. This is not one of those, yeah, well, that just meant them back then. No, 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 no. He's talking about his followers. This applies to all of us. Basically, Jesus is saying, don't try to come to church and worship Jesus and worship me and get close to me. If you are not willing to deal with what's going on between you and them, between me and who? Yeah, you know, you know who. The them, whoever you put in that blank, those most challenging relationships, that person. You know who you put in that blank will change from time to time. Maybe you got a bunch of people that need to be put in that blank. But Jesus said, don't, don't, don't come up in here and try to be all close with God if you're not willing to deal with the stuff between you and them. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder on a side note, right? When people get up and in the middle of church service and they walk out, you'll think different about it now. You'll go, hmm, I wonder... Then they need to go to the bathroom, or maybe 
They got to deal with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet I know who she's going to call. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, we probably shouldn't go there. But Jesus said we need, that's the way, we, that's how serious this is. That's how serious this is. Another example in the same sermon. Okay, now we're talking about how God takes it personally. It's never just about you and them, the other person. This is spiritual. All your relationships, the spiritual dynamic. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went on to talk about the Lord's Prayer. And we did a whole series on the Lord's Prayer in recent months. And, and in this part of the Lord's Prayer, you know, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you're not a Christian, you're probably familiar with this. That part of um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Or forgive us our debts, depending on the version of the scriptures you're reading. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So he's, he's talking about forgiveness there in the Lord's Prayer. We're familiar with that. Right at the end of that section, Jesus goes on and says this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So Jesus is talking to people that are probably all excited. Oh, this prayer, this is a beautiful prayer. I'm going to say this prayer. Oh, this is great. Lord's Prayer, here we go, here we go. But Jesus is like, I, time out just a second before you get so excited about that. Before you start just reciting the Lord's Prayer, you need to understand, I really mean this. I really mean this. I mean, I just told you a few minutes ago, you come up in church and try to pretend to be all close to God. You go deal with your stuff before you expect us to be close in your worship of God. He takes it one step further and makes it very clear. He says, if you're not willing to forgive each other, don't expect the God to do for you. Don't expect the Heavenly Father to do for you what you won't do for one another. If you're not going to be forgiving to each other, God's not going to be forgiving to you. But if you'll be forgiving to each other and model what it is you're hoping God will do for you, He will forgive you. Don't expect God to do for you what He won't do for each other. There's an undeniable connection here. And it even applies to forgiveness. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's serious. Think about that. Later on in the New Testament, one of Jesus' closest followers, John, was writing to first century Christians. And he carries this theme, and, and he heard Jesus teach this many times. And so he put it another way. John, later on, talks about how, how we treat each other and our relationship with each other, the horizontal, just how vertically it affects so much. In fact, it has everything to do, how we treat each other and how we relate to one another has everything to do with how much we really love God. Not how much we say we love God, but how much we truly love God. Because this is what John said. If anyone boasts, I love God. Oh yeah, I go to church, I love God. Oh yeah, I mean, sign me up for that, that's me. Of course I love God. I mean course. But he goes right on hating his brother and sister. Think nothing of it. Forget it. Don't, don't think anything of what they're saying and all they're boasting. No, no, no. He is a liar. He is a liar. Now, I know some of you are right. You're going, but I don't hate people. I don't hate. Okay, don't get hung up on the word hate here because this is just meaning if there's issues between you and them and you have stuff against them and they have stuff against you and you're avoiding them and they're avoiding you and there's someone's like I just, oh I just can't stand her I can't stand him but they get on my nerves you know that we we try to give ourselves an out 
There's more hate in us than we would like to admit. There's more hate in you and more hate in me many times than we are comfortable admitting. So this applies to you. This applies to me. We don't get an out in this, okay? He says, if you won't love the person you can see, how can he, how can you, how can we love the God? We can't see. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, here's you and me, we're, here, we're in each other's lives all the time, and if we won't treat each other with love, how in the world can we treat God with love? We can't see God, I can't touch God, I can't talk to God like I talk to you and talk to me. I can't hear the voice of God like I hear your voice. I know it was, some of you might think, you know, oh, no, I heard God. Okay, now that, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. We do hear the voice of God, but not like we hear each other's voices audibly, you know, that kind of thing. This is what John said. John said, if, if, you, if you won't get this right horizontally with people you can see and touch, you can't separate that from your love for God. Those two are not separate. They're connected. He goes on and finishes it. The command we have from Christ is blunt. This is what Jesus taught us. Loving God includes loving people. You cannot separate them. You've got to love both. Yeah, there's none of this. Well, I try to keep this separate. No, got to love both. Loving God is seen most clearly, get this, in our love for each other. Remember, God takes it personally. God's like, how can you say you love me if you won't love each other? My, your fellow created ones, your fellow human beings. Whether you agree with each other or not, whether you like each other or not, whether you have to work through issues with each other or not. Yeah, forgive each other just like you want me to forgive you when we got issues. Yeah, I forgive you. Forgive each other. Get along. Love one another. If you're going to say you love me, if you're going to love me, you're going to have to love each other. You've got to do both. I guess you could summarize what, what we're saying here and what Jesus taught us and, and what the New Testament is saying here is that you can't be right with God if you won't be right with others. You can't be right with God. You can't come up in church and be like, oh, yes, I love those songs to me. and Je Oh, Jesus, what a great time with Jesus. And oh, I feel so close to God. He says, no, 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 you're being hypocritical. In fact, John said you're a liar. If you think that's the way it works, you can't be right with God. If you won't be right with others. Now, some of you are going, I'm trying. I'm trying. And yes, I understand it's a process. It certainly is a process. Right? Being right with one another ultimately does involve, you know, ideally, two people, both parties. I get it. Yes, I understand. You can only do what you can do, right? And hopefully they'll throw the ball back. Hopefully they'll play along. Hopefully they will reciprocate forgiveness and love and kindness and all of that stuff. Yes, I understand. It can't be just a one-sided thing, ideally. I, I get it. But here's the deal. You've got to take personal responsibility for how you treat them and take it seriously. You and I typically don't do enough. I know we can only do what we can do, but we typically don't do enough. And we are really quick to quit and tap out and give up. We give up on each other way too quickly. You say, well, I tried, I tried. Hey, hey, listen, it ain't on me. It ain't on me. God knows my heart. God knows my heart, and God knows. I tried. I wrote that email. I sent a text. Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I let them know. I let them know. If you ever want to talk, let me know. 
right? And then we just kind of, well, I did my part. And we absolve ourselves of responsibility. Not so soon, not so soon. What if God treated us like that? I gave them the Bible. I told them. I told them. I told them. When they want to come my way, they know where I am. I'm up here. <laughs> no. No, he pursues us. He doesn't let it rest. And we're to love each other like he loves us. Here's another way to look at it. Listen, if you have a long line of um, bodies in the wake of your life, or maybe that's a little too harsh. If you have a long list of people, or if the list of people is growing in your life that you used to be, and fill in the blank, you used to be, you need to pay attention to this. Right? If you have a list of people in your life that's growing larger, that, oh yeah, we used to be friends, we used to be close, we, we used to get along, we used to talk, we don't talk anymore. We used to be, yeah, we used to, we used to. Way back when we used to, but no, no, not anymore. If you, have a, if you have a lot of people in your life like that, and if that list is growing, then let me just let you in on a secret that all of us know that maybe you need to wrestle to the ground here and admit. The problem ain't them. The problem is with you. You just need to own it. You, you can't be right with God if you won't be right with others. So, let's bring all this together and think, about, and think about that person and understand this. In your relationship with them, fill in the blank however you want to fill in the blank. It's all spiritual. Fill in the blank with whoever's name or names you need to put in that right now, especially the one that's most challenging for you to relate to. Understand it's all spiritual. There's a spiritual component and dynamic to all of it. Let me just break it down. Right before we're done, let me just kind of show you what this looks like. Let's talk about harmony. No, not e-harmony, not that, not, yeah, okay, no, harmony. Like when you're getting along, when things are going well in your relationship, in your friendship, in your marriage, with your kids, with your parents, with your family, whatever that relational dynamic you're thinking about, with that person you're thinking about, when things are going well, there's a spiritual component to that. And that's easy for us to accept. We understand that. We say things like, oh, it's such a gift. This relationship is such a gift. We feel that way, right, when it's going well. Oh, it's such a blessing, and God, God has given us this relationship, and I'm so grateful for their friendship. I'm so grateful for my marriage. I'm so grateful for my kids, my family, and you fill in the blank. I'm so grateful for, for the connection that we have with one another, for the people I work with. You know, when it's going well in harmony, we understand, and, we, and we're quick to say, oh, this is so good. I'm so th grateful. But it's not just when things are going well. In your relationship with them, the conflict, the pain, and the crisis also has a spiritual dynamic. That's also spiritual. See, when things get dicey, that's when you need God so much. You need God so greatly. A lot of times when there's conflict in relationships or pain in relationships or crisis in our relationships, we're quick to blame God, to point a finger at God and say, God, why did you and why won't you and why can't you? No, 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 This is not an opportunity to blame God. This is an opportunity to turn to God, right? Your conflict is a spiritual issue, and we're going to talk about in this series best ways to, to deal with and to navigate that conflict and that pain and that crisis, whether it's been caused by you, and sometimes it is, more than you want to admit, or whether it's been caused by them, then we all know that they're at fault, or whether it's just life and tragedy uh, and loss and, and things happen, right? It's an opportunity. 
in your relationships to turn to God and understand it's never just their problem. Never, ever, never, ever just their problem. You need to look at this conflict, this crisis, this pain, regardless of who's at fault, regardless of where it started, regardless of who said what and who did what, you need to see it as an opportunity to turn to God. It is a spiritual issue, and you need to be thinking, God, how do you need to grow me? How do you need to change me? What do you need to teach me? How are you at work in my own heart and life? What do you want me to do? How do I need to reflect the love of Jesus to my husband, my wife, my child, my parent, uh, my, my friend, my family member, this person I work with? Yeah, it's, it's not just the harmony that's spiritual. The pain and the crisis and the conflict, that's spiritual too. Right, let, let's go to two more, two more. The decisions you make in your relationship with whoever's in that blank right there, the decisions you make are spiritual. There's a spiritual din- dynamic to all of those decisions. How you spend your time is a spiritual issue. How you deal with money and spend money in, in, in that relational dynamic, that's a spiritual issue. How your job and your career impacts those relationships, that's spiritual. Your friendships are spiritual. Your dating relationships and the decisions that are made in your dating relationships, the decisions that are made in your marriage, it's all spiritual, which means as a follower of Jesus, you should be looking to the way of Jesus to direct you in all of those decisions. Yeah. What would, is the honoring thing to Jesus? What would Jesus have us do? Not just what's done in culture, not just what my friends think, not just what my family thinks, or my mother-in-law, or my father-in-law, or my mom, or my dad, or my brother and sister think, and they say, and, and okay, okay, you take that in consideration, but ultimately it's what's the most honoring thing to Jesus. And not even, what are my feelings? Oh, but we love each other. Oh, that's great that you love each other. That's great. That's fantastic that you love each other. But what is the most honoring to the way of Jesus? This decision that you're getting ready to make, even though you love each other? No, oh, we just love each other. That's great. Or maybe you're on the opposite side of that. Well, we used to love each other. We don't love each other anymore. Well, that's unfortunate when, when feelings turn that way. But remember, they're feelings, and feelings come and go, and feelings change. What is honoring to the way of Jesus here? Turning to him in this crisis and pain. As you make these decisions, it's all spiritual. Oh, we can't separate. Here's the deal. This is so important. We can't separate what we want to happen on Sunday, being close to God with how we live Monday through Saturday. Yeah, we can't separate what happens at church and what happens in our relationships. There's an undeniable connection. Another way to say it is, if you care about it when you're at church, worshiping Jesus or reading your Bible, if you care about it then, then you've got to care about it and make it happen in reality, in your relationship, through the week with that person. One more. It's all spiritual, all of it. Even growing closer, getting closer getting stronger. Even that is a spiritual dynamic. You need God. You need the help of the one who created that person that you're wanting to get closer to. You need his help and his strength to remain faithful, to to draw closer to one another, for that to get stronger. It's so important for you to remember that God has more invested into your relationship with them than you ever will. God has more invested into that relational dynamic between the two of you than you and them ever will. So he's involved, whether or not you bring him into it, he's involved to empower you and to strengthen you to make it great. It's all spiritual. 
And I leave you with two words. If you're sitting there and you go, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's all spiritual. So, so what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I see, I see that I need to pay attention to this. And I need to stop this compartmentalizing. And, and man, God does take this personally. And so I can't expect to be close to God if I won't deal with issues with them, whoever that is. Regardless of how they respond, you do what you know is honoring to Jesus. Because it's all spiritual. I'm going to leave you with two words. Should go without saying. But often we've got to clarify what should be obvious. Prayer and action. Because when it comes to your relationship with whoever you've been putting in that blank, you got to have both of these. Prayer. You have to depend on the strength of the Lord to do what only he can do in your life. And then action. You have to do some stuff. you got to make it happen. Another way to say this is that you can't do this relationship thing without God. It takes prayer. But God won't do it without you. You got to make it happen. You got to roll up your sleeves and do the hard work. You got to show up. You got to engage. Yeah, God, you can't do it without God, but God won't do it without you. You depend on God through prayer and trust in Him, and then actually do what you should. Prayer and action. Prayer and action. Not one, but both. Because remember, your relationship with them is never just about you and them. Know that it is spiritual and always will be. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this. I must begin with how much I needed this and need to remember this. And I know my friends are right here with me. We all need this. Forgive us for compartmentalizing and trying to separate this out and trying to think that they're not related and connected. Help us to realize just how connected our relationships with each other are to our relationship with you. Help us to understand you take this personally. This is serious. This is never just about us and other people. But Father, we want you involved. We need you. All of this is spiritual. So help us to see the spiritual dynamic on the good days and the painful days and the hard days and the difficult days. Help us to see the spiritual dynamic and, and look to you when we make decisions on a daily and weekly basis throughout the years. And may we look to you for strength and empowerment to help us get closer and stronger in all of our relationships. This is how we were created to be human, is to understand that all of these human relationships are spiritual. And you take it seriously. And we need to take it seriously. Looking to you, depending on you, to help us make them great. For the sake of each other and ultimately for your glory and your honor. We ask your help in Jesus' name. Amen.